Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, listeners. Today's topic is living your best life with a healthy lifestyle. When I think about the name of my ministry, Best Life Ministries, it reminds me that I need to let you know where the name came from. One bright, sunny morning while sitting at my desk serving as the worship director for First Baptist in Wilmer, Minnesota, I was desperately searching for the name that God would deem fit for the ministry He placed on my heart. While perusing the scriptures, I came across the second half of John 10.10. It said, I came to give you real and eternal life, more and better life than you dreamed. I knew that was it. God doesn't want us to live a good life. He wants us to live our best life. But how can you live your best life when life is filled with adversity and challenges and trials? Perhaps your husband lost his wonderful job and now has a job where he's making thousands of dollars less than before. Or maybe your daughter was just diagnosed with breast cancer, or maybe your best friend is moving across the country. Sometimes things happen within our own minds and bodies that can alter the course of living our best life. Maybe we find out that we have high blood pressure or macular degeneration. Maybe we find out that we're headed towards diabetes or we have cancer. Mainstream healthcare professionals will offer recommendations for diets and medication. Chiropractors and more holistic professionals will tell you that you need to cut out refined sugars, gluten, or anything prepackaged and plastic-like. Both professions will recommend that in order to live your best life, you must make changes in your lifestyle. Recently, I went in to visit a doctor about my eyesight. When they checked me, my blood pressure was so off the charts that they told me I couldn't leave the office, but I had to head downstairs to the hospital and be admitted. Oh no, I said. They told me your blood pressure is so high you could suffer a stroke or a heart attack. That's not living my best life. Fortunately, I was with my daughter Alexis and she told the nurse, let's just wait and give my mom some time to calm down. She hates being at the doctor. So instead of heading down for the hospital side of things, I sought medical help and I got some medication. But my daughter, Chandra, and her husband, Dr. Justin, are both chiropractors, and they sat me down and said, instead of medication, you're going to need to change your lifestyle. No longer could I guzzle down gallons of iced tea or gobble up Twinkies during times of duress. No longer could I stay up until 3 a.m. and down a pot of coffee while sitting behind my computer writing, but I had to deal with my issues. I could no longer deal with stress by mistreating my body. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. When we're overwhelmed and overwrought, when we're unprepared and unenthused, when we're running ourselves ragged, this is not the road to living our best. I got on track for a lifestyle change. I eliminated sugar, gluten, and excessive dairy. I limited my tea and began to drink plain old water. 
I introduced myself to fruit and vegetables and threw out everything in my cupboard that had ingredients that were long and no one knew what they were. And the truth is, wow, that was so difficult. Everything that I loved, everything that I embraced, and everything that I was used to went right into the garbage can. What happened? I had more energy. I no longer was depressed or lethargic. I lost weight. I felt better about who I was, and I began to live a better life, my best version of myself, my best life. My mind and my body were beginning to turn the corner and feel better. But the change I made was both outward and inward. And you alone have to decide how you can make your life better. My eyes and my blood pressure, they're normal. Life is good. No, life is better than good because I'm working on being my best. What about you? Today on our show, Best Life Ministries wants to welcome one of my Best Life Ministry staffers, Sandra Shea. Sandra is a speaker, author, and host of her own TV show, Abundantly Free Cooking, which features allergen-free cooking. She's passionate about helping people discover delicious recipes for those with dietary needs. Welcome, Sandra. Hello. Nice to be here today. Thanks for having me. Sandra, today's society is finding out more and more that they have health issues as a result of allergies. When did you discover your own allergies? Kathy, that's an interesting answer for your question, actually. Um, I spent my entire life thinking that it was normal to bend over and have food come in my mouth. I had constant sinus infections, bronchitis, ear infections with perforations and things of the sort, and I just thought that was normal headaches every day. And when our son, who is now 12, was born, um, he had multiple food allergies and anaphylaxis, biphasic anaphylaxis, at the age of 12 and a half weeks. And so it was change my diet to keep him alive or let him die. So obviously I chose with the keeping my son alive. And about three months into that diet change for him, I experienced good health for the first time in my life. So after I weaned him from... um, breastfeeding, after about 14 months of that, I started adding foods back into my diet that had been restricted to keep him alive. And that's when my body went from what I had known before for my entire life of being sick to anaphylactic allergies myself. So it was a very interesting journey for me. So it sounds really, really difficult to me that you would have to all of a sudden change the way that everything was. Um, But I love that you said you chose your son and that you're going to work on that. How difficult was it for you and the family as you're making a transition to a different kind of lifestyle? Kathy, it was was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. when my son had the biphasic anaphylactic reaction, at that point we'd already been working with a GI specialist and I'd already removed dairy and soy and chocolate and nuts and peanuts and things like that from my diet. But after the biphasic anaphylaxis, the doctor also took out gluten, corn, and egg. And at that time it was before people knew what gluten-free was. It was before the Food Allergy and Anaphylaxis Network had lobbied with Congress to put the food allergy label laws on things. So nothing was labeled. Everything required a phone call. Um, it was just a very difficult time. In addition to that, when um, I left the doctor's office with the, the list of things that I now was no longer to eat, um, the stack of papers was about two inches of thick. And I said, well, what do I eat? And the dietitian at that time said, well, just go to this local health food store. We were living in Iowa at the time, and they will help you. And so I went into the health food store, and I left with a bag of white rice 
because the brown rice was processed with tree nuts at that store. And I got home, and when my husband came home that night from work and asked what was for dinner, um, because I I always had it done when he came home from from the office, um, I fell into a ball on the floor and sobbed like I have never cried before because I was so scared and so overwhelmed. So it was a long process of learning how to cook. We joke that we fed the garbage disposal more than we fed ourselves. Um, But we... We made it through, and um, my husband was really great in that. He kept telling me, God made so many foods outside of what American society eats. All we have to do is find them and eat them. And it turned out to be a really great um, journey in learning how to eat a huge variety of really delicious food. I think that's wonderful because I I find Gene, your husband, to be incredibly smart. And what a great thing to say to somebody to really encourage this whole process that you're changing a lifestyle. And I could could imagine myself, Sandra, being exactly like you, falling on the floor in a little puddle Mm -hmm. um, just to say, wow, you know, where are my cheeseburgers and french fries from McDonald's? Um, So... I love that you guys really um, were, you know, thinking and working together because, you know, when you're married, you really need to be working together. Um, and especially with little kids, thinking about, you know, what's best for them. And although it's been a tough journey for you guys, um, well, you've made the best of the trials and, and all of this trouble by turning things around and helping other people who have allergies and creating amazing recipes. And Sandra, I'm so proud of you because your recipes were featured in the magazine Maple Grove. And I just want to talk for a few minutes about how that came about. And did it feel like a win for your allergen-free life and for living gluten-free? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's been really amazing how God has um, used the desires of my heart during this journey to help others, because when I was in that ball on the floor, I said, God, I know you're going to help me get through this. I have no idea what it's going to look at like, but when I get through it, God, don't let it be just for my family. Let it be for others. And so um, my husband and I refer to it as the look. And whenever I go into a grocery store, there's often a person that I see with the look on, the look that I had when I walked out of the store with only a bag of rice. And I just go up to them and I offer recipes and I offer help. And so the cookbook has been a great way to share with people. I've had hundreds of people come over to my house and I've taught them how to cook and I've taught them what to do things. But to be able to be in a magazine was amazing. Um, there was a woman at our church who is friends with the editor of the magazine and so they were talking about me and that's how um, that connection came to be. But the really neat thing is that I've heard from people in the community that they were sitting at a doctor's office and they were diagnosed and the magazine was there, and it was what gave them hope that they were going to be okay. Um, and so it was, I heard that from about a dozen people, actually, the month the magazine was out. And so that was just really encouraging to see how God uses something that can look like a thorn to the world, but it's actually a beautiful rose, and it's going to help other people, because the reality is there is so much really great food to eat, and it doesn't have to have gluten or dairy or egg in it. And you know, I am a personal testimony to Sandra's amazing recipes, because um, as I told you earlier in the show, I recently went through the same thing where I had to give up gluten. And my husband, Farmer Dean, calls it um, glutton. He says he's a glutton for gluten. (laughs) And for me, it was just, I felt overwhelmed. I thought there's nothing you can eat. And so it was really great to call up my friend Sandra and say, help me. And, And to know, yes, there were things. There were 
foods that I'd never tried before. There were ways to cook them that I had no knowledge of. And so I love that Sandra's been able to turn things around, not only for her own family, but for others. Uh, When you encourage people, Sandra, and I know that you do this frequently because when we go out to our conferences, Sandra talks with people about not just, um, you know, gluten-free and allergies, but just what a struggle it's been in her life. And so she really encourages people um, with being able to live a healthy lifestyle. How do you feel that um, you can talk to them as far as encouraging them, you know, when they're getting ready to eliminate gluten? I mean, it's a scary thing. You, you went through it yourself. Sure. Well, the biggest thing that I try to encourage people to remember is that food is fuel. And the food is what keeps our body going. Food is what makes us strong. Food is what gives us energy. Food can also be the thing that hurts us. And so when people are told that they need to eliminate something from their diet, it's because that food potentially or obviously is hurting their bodies. And something that really helps me is to have a visual with that. And I'm a very dramatic visual person um, by personality. And I've told this to some people before, and it said it's really helped them, or they have said it's really helped them. And that's to imagine... Um, your gas in your car, and it's a petroleum product, but never in a million years would you put everything, anything in your car other than gasoline. But Vaseline is also a petroleum product, and you wouldn't put that in your car because you know it would gunk it up. It may be petroleum-based, but it's not the right thing. And so Vaseline is kind of like, for a car, what junk food or gluten or any of the other foods you're supposed to avoid are for your body. And if you put them in, just like Vaseline would gunk up your car engine, that food will gunk up your body. And you may not experience it immediately. It could be in a day or two days or a month or a year, but it will damage your body and it will gunk it up and it will compromise your health. And so a lot of people have said that visuals like that help them and encourage them to stay on track with eating what they're supposed to eat. That's great advice. What are some of the lessons that you feel God has taught you through just going through this last year? Well, this last year has been really hard. Um, My son has had anaphylaxis three times, once from um, a restaurant mistake, once being the first person in the world to react to a medical procedure, and the third time he was at the orthodontist sitting at a desk and went into full-blown anaphylaxis because somebody must have had a food that he was allergic to on the desk before he got there, and it was invisible to us. In the middle of that, I also had a surgery, and I lost an organ, and um, they said the reason was because of the steroid use I had when I found out about all of my allergies that damaged my organ. And the thing that I have learned through this last year, and it's actually been the journey for the whole um, food allergy thing, is to cling on to hope. And Romans fifteen thirteen says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've just learned that when things are really hard, that I need to turn to God. I need to not turn to food. I need to not turn to others. I need to turn to God and ask Him for hope and hold on to that. And when I do that, when I look to Him and I remember, this is hard, but I'm going to get through it, He gives me strength, and He gives me the encouragement, and He gives me the joy, and He gives me the peace. And so for me, it's really been a challenging year of that and a growth year of that, of just looking to Him immediately and going to the Word, but spending a lot of time in prayer and just keeping my focus on long-term and not how I feel in that moment. 
If you're just tuning in tonight, we're talking with Best Life staffer Sandra Shea. Sandra is discussing the challenges of living with dietary constraints and yet wanting to live her best life by creating good food for her family and creating great recipes for others. Sandra, what's one final thing you can tell listeners that will encourage them that eating healthy and taking care of their bodies is a step towards living their best life? Well, Kathy, this is actually um, a life verse that God is giving me through um, this, this whole journey of the last 12 years, and it's 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20. And it says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And that verse just resonates with me to take care of my body, and I, I try to encourage others to remember that your body is a temple. You get one body, and we get to take care of it and honor it and do what it needs, and everybody is unique, and every person is unique, and to just live the best that we can in the bodies that God gave us. Thanks so much, Sandra, for being on the show with me. That was Sandra Shea, and you can find out more about her and her amazing recipes at AbundantlyFreeCooking.com. Thanks so much for having me. Friends, sometimes making some easy steps a little at a time can help us to get back on track. Maybe you're fighting an addiction. Maybe you're making your way back from an illness, or maybe you just found out that you have something seriously wrong. In today's society, with all of the changes in food, air, pollution, and drinking water, it's smart to be cognizant of what you're putting in your body. God has created us to take care of ourselves. No one else is gonna do that for us. We must decide to take care of ourselves. One step that helped Sandra and her family that also helped me was constructing a healthy lifestyle diet plan. Here's our staffer, Dr. Justin Hildebrand, owner of KC North Spine and Joint Center in Kansas City to talk more about diet awareness. Hi listeners, this is Dr. Justin Hildebrand with Healthy Living. Today's topic is the question, is gluten-free right for me? Many of us may be wondering or thinking, is a gluten-free diet right for me? Most may also be wondering, what is gluten? Gluten is a protein found in wheat, rye, barley, and a few other not-so-common grains. It is a substance that gives dough its elasticity, helps it rise, and gives many products its chewy texture. Many people do not realize that gluten is also used in many cosmetic and hair products as well. A gluten-free diet consists of no wheat, rye, or barley, and many other grains like oats and some rice and corn products, although gluten-free oatmeal is available. Gluten-free rice flour and almond flour are a common substitute for wheat flour and other powder products can be used in cooking when flour is necessary. Substituting one grain for another is not necessarily recommended, but eliminating gluten and adding more vegetables creates better results. But why go gluten-free? It is believed that gluten can irritate the lining of the intestines. In celiac patients, gluten destroys the intestinal lining. In the gluten-sensitive or intolerant individual, the lining can swell, causing intestinal inflammation and over the long term, loss of microvilli. When we lose microvilli, we lose the ability to absorb dietary nutrients. Many conditions from irritable bowel disease, ADD, migraines, and even arthritis have been linked to gluten consumption. 
Individuals who choose to go gluten-free commonly report having less brain fog, having more energy, and feeling less bloated and inflamed. Many professional and Olympic athletes have switched to gluten-free diets to help them trim fat and increase muscle mass. Changing your diet may have side effects as well. Irritability, small skin rashes, and cravings may occur in the first few weeks. After a few weeks, these side effects are generally replaced with increased energy, better sleep patterns, and weight loss. I suggest eliminating foods for 8-12 to 12 weeks to see what benefits you may experience. Is gluten-free right for you? You will just have to try and see. This is Dr. Justin Hildebrand with Healthy Living. Listeners, when we're focused on taking care of ourselves inside and out, God honors those efforts. If you're just tuning in today on Your Best with me, Kathy Weckworth, we're talking about living your best life and the aspect of healthy diet and lifestyle changes. But lifestyle changes can't just be about the outside or what you're putting into your body. It needs to also be about the inside and what you're putting into your mind. How often are you taking time to pray or read God's Word? Are you making a concerted effort to do your best to keep a positive attitude, to stay away from friends who drain you or are negative? Are you working on living a life that is Christ-like? One of the ways to do that is through worship. And today on Your Best, here's Best Life staffer Tony Guerrero, former worship director for Rick Warren at Saddleback Church in Orange County, California. Hi, listeners. Getting inside the music. Jazz flugelhornist Chuck Mangione once said that he wished he could take everybody in the audience and sit them down right in the middle of a symphony orchestra because only then could they ever really feel the power of 70 people making music together. And he's right, and there's nothing better than being right inside the music like that. It's this idea that has carried over with me into my most profound listening experiences. I've always tried to get inside the music I was hearing. Learning how to hear beyond the performance, beyond the artist, and beyond the production allowed me to fall in love with some music that was often not recorded well or even sometimes not played well. As a kid, I didn't have much money of my own to buy records, and so I was kind of limited to my dad's collection. And at first, this was difficult because I didn't really love the styles of music he loved. But eventually, as I looked beyond the styles and dug inside the music, I found myself starting to get moved by music I would have never sought out on my own. I started listening intently to jazz, classical, country, opera, symphonic music, Broadway, and even mariachi music. And I fell in love with all sorts of music. Eventually, my tastes in music were not limited to the style of music, but rather what was inside the music, passion. Passion can take a limited performer, a bad recording, a bad song, and an undesirable style of music and turn a musical moment into something profound. I'm proud to say that I love all styles of music, so long as there is passion in it. And it is the search for passion in music that keeps me unafraid of seeking out and experiencing new, unfamiliar forms. I was recently moved to tears by a recording of indigenous singers from the Himalayas, and trust me, I didn't exactly have that on my iPod already. I am often puzzled by people whose playlists are limited to song after song of the same basic style of music or similar performers. There is so much great music you're missing, I think to myself, and sometimes I actually tell them. I believe God loves variety. Have you noticed how so many worship bands and so much worship music kind of sounds the same? Wouldn't it be great if our worship teams represented the influences that are as vast as God's creation? 
I would encourage you to examine your personal playlist. How much variety do you see? If there isn't much, start filling it with music you've never listened to before. Even music you previously thought you hated. Get inside the music. Dig deep and look for the passion that may exist in it. Let that passion inspire you, and soon the style will be irrelevant. As you listen, you will begin to see how all these styles will start to enhance your life. They will start to enhance your gifts, whether you're a performer or a writer or an artist or whatever it is you do. I promise you'll find many, many musical treasures, and you'll wonder how you lived without them. Think of how God's church could be enhanced if we all embrace the wide variety He created. This is Tony Guerrero with Everyday Worship. Thanks, Tony, for the reminder that worship is a tangible way to reach out to God and connect. And when we do that, we're living our best. Friends, I once heard the famous Olympic skater Apollo Ono talk about living your best. A young man raised alone by his father could have given up. He could have said that life had dealt him too hard of a blow, but no, he kept trying. When asked about his tenacity, what makes him like that, Apollo told the news reporter his focus was determination. I love that Apollo asked the reporter, when was the last time you got up in the morning and you determined that you would have a day where you did your best? You tried your hardest to do your best at everything you attempted. And at the end of the day, you looked back and felt that great feeling, knowing that you had nothing else to give. You gave it all. Let's listen to this encouragement from Jesus Culture called Holding Nothing Back.
Maybe today is the day where you need to start right now, right here, this moment. You're going to stop with the habits that harm your mind and body. You're going to take one baby step at a time towards working to being better, your best. You can't do it alone, but God tells us this in Scripture. Let us then feel very sure that when we come before God's throne where there is grace, there we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. Hebrews 4.16 Lifestyle changes for good make life for the best. Let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, today we pray for those who are struggling. Maybe it's with their health or diet. Maybe they are drawn into some deep, dark hardships and they can't get out. God, we pray that you will bind the evil that's trying to sway them and that you will release your wonderful spirit to bring peace and freedom. I pray that if anyone needs to bring change into their lives by putting less junk into their bodies and minds and more good things of God, that you will help them find the strength. Bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you missed last week, show, you can listen to the podcast at www.935kscr.com or sign up for the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best.